Right, let's begin with a problem we're seeing right across the country these days, family doctors. Who has one? So many of us don't have one. And new numbers show the problem could be getting worse across the country because they indicate that fewer graduates from med school are choosing family medicine as a discipline, despite those huge shortages across the country. For instance, here in BC, it's a huge deal. In Victoria, where I am over the past year, at least three doctors have left urgent and primary care centers. Three clinics have closed, leaving hundreds of people without primary care. The topic has even had tempers flaring in the BC legislature this week. On Monday, Premier John Horgan had to apologize for swearing when answering a question from opposition MLA Trevor Halford uh, from Surrey-White Rock about the province's family doctor crisis, which has left nearly a million British Columbians without their own doctor. When will this Premier step up in this House and give British Columbians the assurance they need that they will be supported by a family doctor. Honorable Speaker, the opposition characterizes the opposition characterizes cooperative federalism, making our country work by ensuring that there's adequate. Fun. Do you want to hear it, man? Do you want to hear it? Or do you just want to hear your voice. Why don't you go in the bathroom and talk to yourself in there? Because you don't want to hear answers in this place. Seriously. The Canada Health Transfer is fundamental to health care in British Columbia. It's fundamental. And it has been for generations. Do you care? Do you really care? Or do you want to hear yourself? Do you want a headline or do you want action? Uh, yeah, it's a heated debate out here. But you scan the news and you see similar stories right across the country, perhaps without the swearing premier. Uh, but whether it be rural, urban, suburban, same shortages everywhere. Let me know, do you have a family doctor? If not, what happened? How hard has it been to find a new one if you've lost yours? Let me know, 877-399-9898. That's 877-399-9898. We'll share those responses uh, through the show. Let me know who you are and where you are and what your family doctor situation is is like. Well, Dr. Brady Bouchard is a Saskatchewan-based family physician and president of the Canadian College of Family Physicians. He used to work in Victoria, believe it or not, but went back home to his home province. He's the first to admit he didn't go back because of the better, better weather in Saskatchewan. Um, and he joins me now to talk about this problem. Dr. Bouchard, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. So, you know, this is an certainly there is this idea that there's a desperate need for family physicians out there. Uh, and we're seeing data that would suggest that medical students at least are reluctant to enter, uh, enter that, that side of the profession right now. Is, is that the case? Is that what you're seeing? Yeah. Uh, well, certainly the, the first round of our residency match. So it's a, it's a national match each year. Um, uh, there's multiple rounds to it, uh, but the first round does show a worrying trend uh, over recent years to, to uh, decreasing preference by medical students uh, into family medicine. Um, uh, we certainly don't know all those reasons. We haven't asked all those medical students, but um, we have some guesses at it. Um, and it's uh, certainly multifactorial. There's, there's lots, of, lots of pressures on, on family practice and, and healthcare in general right now. What would some of those hypotheses be? Because I know often we read about the crisis in, in family, family care, at least, or with family physicians really being retirement driven, but this would suggest that that's not really the case. So what do you think is going on for those looking ahead to their careers and thinking uh, that not, well, that certainly won't be my first choice. Yeah, for sure. Um, certainly uh, retirements or pending retirements would be one factor in it. Uh, we do have a, a bulge in the workforce that's, uh, that's close to, to retirement right now or delaying retirements. 
um, uh, feeling uh, obligations to, to maintain their patients uh, panel uh, throughout COVID. Um, uh, but there's, there's more pressing uh, matters. Uh, one of them to speak uh, of uh, that's particularly relevant in BC is, is uh, fee-for-service practice, the way we're paid. Um, most physicians in, in Canada are still paid under that fee-for-service model, which encourages throughput. So you're paid on a per-patient basis. You run your own business as well. So that means hiring your own staff, paying your own overhead, your own commercial rents, getting your own medical supplies. Um, and as I think we all know, uh, certainly in our urban areas in the country, Victoria, Vancouver, uh, Toronto, to name a few, um, there's huge pressures on real estate, uh, on salaries and inflationary pressures. Um, and the fees that you get from the government have not changed or certainly don't change that fast. Um, so it's become untenable even just financially, but there's bigger pressures on, on family medicine as well. Um, uh, just the, the enjoyment of the day-to-day -day work. So paperwork burdens have increased um, in administrative in, in every way. Um, more uh, documentation needed uh, for insurance forms, for communications with specialists. There's big delays in getting um, uh, patients into specialists and having to redirect uh, referrals. Um, uh, and we don't necessarily have that uh, support or you're hiring that own administrative support um, so certainly we're getting the message from our learners right now, our residents and our medical students, uh, that they want to work in a team-based setting. Uh, they don't want to be running a business. They want to focus on uh, keeping patients well, um, helping patients with their health care. Um, and they want a team around them to support them, which includes administrative professionals, but it includes you know, nurses, uh, clinical pharmacists, nurse practitioners, and others. Um, which could really adapt to the community as well. Some some communities different need different have different needs for a team, um, but the main message is they want to focus on patient care. I mean, you chose family medicine. Uh, you've been doing this for a while. Uh, is is the, are those legitimate concerns? Has it, has it really become as much running your own business? And as there are a lot of paperwork, do you not get to see the, the patients as much as you would like to? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's different across the country. Of course, we have 10 plus different healthcare systems. So not every prevalence is the same. Um, certainly, it seems in BC, we're seeing more pressures, uh, or it's more acute um, than uh, elsewhere in the country right now, and urban areas uh, more than rural, although we're also short uh, in, in rural family medicine, uh, of course, as well. Um, and it's a little bit like the frog in the pot that's boiling. It's It's been a gradual trend over time. Um, and if you're in it every day, you don't necessarily notice. Um, but our learners notice and they see the comparison between family physicians and family practice and other specialties. And and are, I suspect they're choosing appropriately, even though family medicine is a really rewarding career. I don't regret it in the slightest. We have a broad scope of practice. There's lots we're able to do. Um, uh, but those other pressures are are making it less desirable. What could, I mean, I realize each jurisdiction is different, but what would could be done in the short term to try to convince people that family medicine is how, how you describe it? It can be a very rewarding and very hands-on and very impactful um, specialty uh, and certainly one that is desperately needed. Yeah, for sure. Um, so our uh, college has the idea of the patient's medical home, which is that team-based practice. There's lots of facets to it. Um, but I think the immediate uh, um, uh, changes that need to be made, um, uh, certainly in the BC context, is really around releasing those those financial pressures on physicians. It's not even necessarily about paying them more. It's about covering some of the overhead costs that are going through the roof. Um, so having structured, you know, health authority clinics where physicians can come in and work. Um, they don't have to take their work home with them. They don't have to run a business. 
uh, I think would be an fairly immediate changes that could be made um, that would attract uh, medical students uh, and residents to uh, to enter into family practice and to stay in BC. Um, you know, uh, BC's got beautiful weather. There's no reason that we shouldn't have enough family physicians to to uh, care for all the patients in the population. What uh, what do you tell people now? I mean, there is there is now this almost desperate need to try to find family physicians. I know so many people who don't have one, not just here but elsewhere. Uh, what do you tell patients these days about being patient, so to speak, and, and and looking for a family physician? How to approach one? How to find one? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think there's any short-term solutions to finding a family physician uh, on an individual patient basis, and and I and I I hate to say it, but patients have to be advocates for their own healthcare. I don't think they should. I think the government should step up uh, and and source this on their own and work with us. Um, but where we're going to see movement is with patients across the country. Um, you know, getting loud, getting angry about not having the primary care, the quality care that they should have over their lifespan. Um, and we're seeing some movement on that in BC. Um, we would love to work with patient partners and government partners to design that uh, primary care system, that patient's medical home uh, that is sustainable into the future. Uh, you tell me about that patient's medical home a bit more, because I can understand the concept, but what would it look like compared to what we see now sort of across the country? Yeah. Um, again, there's there's lots of aspects to it, but but what you would see is that you'd uh, be attached to a family uh, medicine practice. Uh, again, it would be a team, so there'd be multiple care providers in there. You wouldn't necessarily see your family physician at every visit, but you'd see the most appropriate uh, uh, person. Uh, you know, whether that's a physiotherapist uh, to manage low back pain, um, a nurse uh, for a diabetic uh, a checkup. Um, and you'd have access uh, to that team. So you wouldn't have significantly long waits um, and they would have uh, all of your medical information there and get to know you and your family over time. Um, it need not be more expensive. Um, uh, you can design these teams um, to be more efficient with the healthcare dollars they have. Um, but really the, the big message I would say is it, it uh, you know, outside of, of uh, remuneration, outside of pay, uh, family medicine really needs to fight those aspects of burnout that I mentioned. So the administrative burden, uh, proper patients medical home would let family physicians and their and their healthcare team focus on patient care and not have to deal with a lot of the, the administrative issues. I'm speaking with Dr. Brady Bouchard. He's a Saskatchewan-based family physician and the president of the Canadian College of Family Physicians. We're talking about what appears to be a reluctance uh, for med medical school graduates uh, to enter into family medicine these days. It certainly is their first choice and how we might be able to encourage more to come in because they are desperately needed. Uh, as we saw with census data yesterday, a lot of people, including family physicians, are, uh, are heading towards retirement quickly uh, and there just aren't enough people out there to replace them. When we come back, we'll talk a bit more about where we might see shortages coming up in the near future and how to address them uh, longer term. We've been talking about some uh, some solutions. Potentially, we'll look at a few more after this. I'm speaking with Dr. Brady Bouchard, a Saskatchewan-based family physician and president of the Canadian College of Family Physicians. Uh, Dr. Bouchard, if, if you were to be able to speak to, to med school grads right now or those about to graduate heading into residency, how would you convince them to enter family medicine these days? Yeah. Um, I, I think the, the uh, attractiveness of family medicine uh, the, or the things that have uh, attracted me to family medicine uh, haven't changed the core elements. So that broad scope of practice, being able to look after patients uh, over their lifespan, um, uh, see them at birth, uh, see them at death, um, that's, that's the rewarding part of family medicine. Uh, and uh, we still try and instill that in our, in our medical learners and our residents. 
Um, and to be clear, we're still having lots of uh, medical students and residents choose family medicine. Uh, it is an attractive career. Uh, I think the the issue is that it's gradually becoming less so because of, of those issues. And I imagine there's a certain, if there were flexibility built into the system for you too, because you've spoken a lot about burnout. And, and I'm curious to know, just over the course of the past few years, we've talked a lot about burnout across the medical uh, field, but how has it been for family physicians over the past two years? And, and, and how much of a stretching point are you at right now? Yeah, um, I think the two main issues that I hear from colleagues all the time, and certainly in my own practice, um, one is the paperwork administrative burden, taking work home after a clinic day, um, and just always having more tasks to complete. Um, on that aspect, we see family physicians choosing to work in environments where they're either well supported for administrative overhead or don't have that overhead. So moving into hospital-based practice, emergency medicine, um, uh, palliative care, you know, other focused practices. Um, so family physicians are, are choosing with their feet that way. Um, the other one is just the, the practicalities of uh, running a family practice when we're short of family physicians. So I think all family physicians feel an obligation um, uh, to look after their patients. They get to know them. They get connected with them. Um, and just like anybody else, we want to take a vacation. And in some parts of the country, that's very difficult to do. It's hard to find locum coverage uh, to cover your clinic, you know, even for a week at a time. Um, and that certainly contributes to burnout. If you're working without a break for years on end uh, and family physicians like others have stepped up uh, throughout the pandemic, um, it's it's time to take a vacation. Uh, and if they don't have that option, uh, some are choosing early retirement or, or choosing to move into those other areas that that aren't that longit- longitudinal uh, care for family or for uh, Canadians. You, you, you're, you're still here. What, what allow what? allows you to get up and do this every single day what 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 about despite the 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 challenges the obvious challenges what about being a family physician uh continues to drive you yeah it's it's such a rewarding career i I don't regret it for a second i mentioned that um it's it's really being able to see a patient's health uh improve over time um and and developing a relationship with them and getting to know them and their situation and their family um understanding the nuances of what they need in their healthcare. Uh, enabled, uh, being able to help them navigate a really complex system. We have more diagnostics than ever before. We have more therapeutic options, more drugs, more treatments available. Um, specialists uh, have become in much of the country harder to get access to. Um, so being there to help them navigate a system that that I wouldn't want to do uh, without medical training on my own um, uh, is still very rewarding and, and will be into the future. I guess the last question for you, when you look at the near term, uh, I know family medicine's talked about all the time now. It feels like everybody talks about not having, a a lot of people talk about not having family doctor or feeling very lucky if they do. Uh, Do you see that getting worse before it gets better? Or do you see signs for some sort of optimism now that people are recognizing uh, that this is in fact a crisis, not, not just for family physicians, but right across the board, but certainly when it comes to family medicine in some areas? Yeah, I, I, I see positive signs of government, uh, again, in BC, starting to listen to patients. Uh, really, it's the patients who are going to get uh, movement on this. Uh, family physicians have been uh, talking to government for years at all levels um, and have got kind of variable buy-in to the idea that family medicine really is the most cost-efficient uh, uh, and best healthcare uh, in our healthcare system. We, we keep patients he- healthier for longer. Uh, we keep them out of hospital 
Um, and certainly the cost of seeing your family physician is less than, you know, the cost of an emergency visit, for example. Um, so really, I, I mean, we need to see government step up and, and start uh, talking with us, start talking with patients as well. Um, and there are some positive trends, uh, but we'll see where that goes across the country. If I want to write my MLA or my MPP, what, what should I be telling them when it comes to family physician? If I don't have a family physician, what should I be telling my, uh, my elected officials about what I want to see? Yeah, you should tell them that you deserve quality care close to home um, and across your lifespan. Uh, there's no reason Canadians shouldn't expect that. Um, we have a public health care system um, that uh, is failing in many respects. Uh, I believe in public health care. I believe in everybody having access without having to pay uh, at the point of use. Um, but we need government investment and smart investment uh, into structuring a health care so patients can have that access. And if they don't have that, they need to be loud about it. Dr. Bouchard, thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank you for having me.